Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 1, verse 18. John 1, 18. I'll read this and then we'll jump into this message on the Father's heart. The Father's heart. No one has ever seen God, John proclaims at the end of his prologue, at the beginning of the Gospel of John. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. Amen. I think the NRSV or another translation said, but God, the one and only who's in the Father's heart, has made him known. You know, just in his, in his bosom is the way they used to say that. But just he's right there in intimacy with the Father. Jesus has made him known. And we're going to talk about that today. You know, talking about the Father's heart seemed appropriate. James had a great introduction for me, just even in communion. I thought that was awesome. Saying some of the same kinds of things that I want to say to us Today, this is an important thing, and we're continuing this series, the beautiful exchange. And I'm thankful for everybody who's spoken, and we still got a few more uh, going to be doing that in this summer series. But uh, I'm jumping in here. The Father does give us His heart. He really the the great exchange is He does give us His love. He does give us this wonderful expression of who He is from all eternity, and brings us through Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit right into His heart of love. And that's good news. You know, when I was uh, much younger, uh, we, we had a baby. And, and it's hard to explain if you've never brought a baby home and then sat the baby there on your lap and looked at her. But, uh, you know, we had, um, uh, we had her mom came for a week. And then my mom came for a week. And then we were suddenly there with this. There was this other person now that's in our house with us. And I can re- remember, and I let first service know too, by the way, that I did not hold her like this. I'm trying to do a picture. That would be mean to a little baby to do that for a long time. But I was, it was like I was sitting, you know, like that. And so uh, y'all should try this sometime. It's hard to get some ideas across people. <laughs> but I'm holding her and it's like, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. The father's heart of love for the child, you know, and in our deepest, most wonderful expressions of fatherhood in the most healthy, wonderful ways. It's just a it's a shadow of how much it's a it's just a picture of how much the father loves us. He, he loves us. He's good to us and he loves us. And we want to talk about the father's heart. Today, and I want to do this in a couple of different ways because we all fit into one of these two categories. Everybody fits into the, they're either a, you're either a father or you're your children of a father. Somehow you came into the world, right? And so, fathers and children. If it was Mother's Day, we could do we're all either mothers or children, but we're all either fathers or children, and. There's some nuances on that. I mean, we're, we could be an adoptive father or adopted children. We could be spiritual 
fathers, mothers, spiritual children, those kind of little nuances on that. And it would be great. Wouldn't it be great if all those relationships just worked out awesome all the time? Just whole, healthy, you know, dads that weren't insecure, kids that weren't insecure and fearful and just lots of good eye to eye contact, quality time, talking, listening, communicating things, expressing appropriate touch and love and gift giving all the ways that love gets expressed, right? The different languages for that and just super duper healthy and just men being men and kids being kids. Just awesome. But life doesn't always work out like that, does it? We got some stuff in our lives. Somebody say, that's right. <laughs> we got some stuff in our lives and, and we get selfish and we get focused on the wrong things and we get the wrong priorities and we get hurt and wounded and we do stuff and we say things we don't mean to say. We get distracted, all these different things. And especially this one about uh, here's one that's a big deal, and that is we get hurt and don't move on in life. And so we kind of stay where we were hurt. Could be a teenager, could be a parent or something, but did something happened when we were 30 and we don't go on from that. Make sense? So kind of wounded and, and it can hurt us. It, it can hinder us from moving into all that God has for us. Kim's reading a book right now by a guy named Bruxy Cavey. And he pastors a large church up in Canada. And it's a book on the gospel. It's called Reunion. And he was telling the story about a time when he had been hurt. And so when he first started pastoring at this church, it was about 10 years old. It's called the Meeting House. And uh, the church was 10 years old at the time. And he became, came in there as a teaching pastor. And he's like 30 or something. So he's a little older, but he's single. So, I mean, older as a single. And hadn't gotten married. And... Uh, and had been wounded in a relationship that he thought was going to work out to marriage, but it didn't. There was rejection. There was hurt. His heart was wounded. And so he'd been at this church for about three years, and he'd become really good friends with this girl named Nina. Okay, so Nina and him, and a lot of people thought, hey, they'd make a great married couple. But he couldn't move forward. He was kind of stuck because this thing had happened. He'd been wounded and hurt and rejected. So he couldn't move forward like to ask the question, right? So one day at church, and this is the way the meeting house, end, they end their sermons, every sermon with a Q&A time. So if they don't call it Q&A, they call it Q&A, kind of Canadian Q&A. And uh, so Q&A, so in the Q&A time, they were, uh, they were asking questions. And then suddenly Nina stands up, this girl that he's really good friends with. She stands up on her chair, gets the microphone and says, Bruxy Cavey, will you marry me? And she worked this out, you know, ahead of time with a few friends and stuff. And, and there were people with signs in the audience and that said like cards that say, do it. Another one says, say yes. Another guy over here literally says, if you don't, I will. He said, I still don't like that guy. <laughs> But because of the wound in his heart, he stood there for a long time. It took him a while to just to, to work it through. And so he walks out, finally walks out to her and whispers in her ear and says, yes, I will marry you. 
At which time she goes, he said yes, which they'd worked out, dropped the balloons from the roof at that time. They dropped balloons all in. It's a big celebration. But, you know, the point there is that when when something happens to us, it is hard for us to move forward in our key relationships. And we need to do this. And the father's heart is is so much the key to seeing things because because of the fall, we don't see correctly. We, we see in a broken way and even and especially we don't see God right. We see God out of our pain and brokenness. What flows out of us apart from God in his life is all of our wounds. And it, it becomes like a river of just think of uh, uh, think of uh, uh, oh, uh, radioactive green stuff that flows out of us apart from our life in God. Okay, there's some good stuff sometimes, but but when the pain is there, when the wounds are there, you know, that those are the kind of things that happen. We see relationships and we see people out of this pain and we can even see God that same way and think that he's really more like us than what he really is. And that's why we need this this message today. Here's the main thing. We need to know the Father's heart so that we can grow toward wholeness in our own lives as fathers and children. So that's I'm going to I'm going to say some things here about about God, but then we're going to end up by talking about us as fathers and children. Does that make sense? That's kind of the roadmap here. So first of all, first point that I'd like to make is that the Father's heart is to us. He is to us. He is toward us. He's And this is the way we say this a lot of times, no matter what road we're walking on, God isn't turning his back on us. God is coming to get us. He's always he's always positioning himself. He's always giving us an opportunity to say yes. And it's beautiful. He doesn't coerce us. He doesn't put our arm behind our back and okay, I'll say yes to you. It doesn't work like that. that. That would be weird. That's not love. So love there's yes, he wants us to go the right path, but he also gives us the liberty of choice, which is also how love gets expressed is in freedom. In, in our own uh, desire for him and to respond to him. So I want to make this very clear today that God is so to us and toward us and sending his son is kind of the. You know, it's the ultimate way that we know that God is is moving toward us. Jesus is the father's eternal son. Jesus is anointed of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus reveals to us his relationship with his father in the power of the spirit. And he invites us. He actually brings us in and we get to see what all he's actually done for us on behalf of humanity. It's powerful. He is the elected son, the anointed son, and he is the light. And so here I just want to make a couple of points about Jesus. First of all, he's the light. He is God's heart to us. He is the light. John chapter one, verses one through five at the beginning of John's gospel. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God that and what that means literally in the Greek, proston theon, means that God is the, the, the Son, the Word is turned toward the Father. It's a, it's a, it's a, a preposition that describes toward. 
He's he's toward God from all eternity. The son is toward right there face to face with the father in the beginning was the word and the word was with toward. From all eternity, God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made and without him, nothing was made that has been made. Okay, does that leave anything out? Without the Son, without the Word, without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made, right? So through Him all things were made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So here you've got this basic, this is what I was touching on a minute ago, but I want to just stay here just a little bit longer. This basic piece about us in our fallen condition is that we walk in darkness. okay, and we're not immune to it even still. We still carry around with us this body of death and we can turn our eyes away from the Lord and just kind of come up with our own ideas about stuff and it doesn't get us very far. There's only one light of the world. It's Jesus. He's not one light among many lights that you can choose and kind of get some light from. He is the light of the world. And apart from him, we are groping around in life apart from Jesus. And we're really groping around in our ideas about God and what God and what his heart is really like. We can't see God apart from the light that Jesus Christ comes and brings to us. Now, the. Thinking about that, I, was, I had Mike Smith, uh, we were praying before the first service. We have a prayer meeting over there and Mike was praying for me and I was just, I'm sitting there and the guys are praying for me and, and it just hit me. Just what I'm proclaiming to you, it doesn't get better. I mean, somebody might say it better than I'm saying it right now, but it's not better than this. That God sent His Son to reveal His heart and to save the world through Jesus Christ. It doesn't get better He's the light that shines in the darkness. There's no hope for seeing apart from him. That's why, you know, that's why he says to the Pharisees, and and this is we all have to be on guard about this. You study the Bible all day long, but you refuse to come to me so that you can see. So if we're going to see something about God, it's got to be through the lens of Jesus Christ. It's not. You know, Jesus is over here and then I come over here and do this Bible study stuff and I come up with all kind of cool ideas about God and theology and say some omni things and hang some different doctrines about God. No, it does not work that way. The light that we really have is the light that is that comes to us through Jesus Christ. And it's a scary thing to actually do what I was just talking about. Jesus says, in John, excuse me, Matthew chapter seven, he says, it's a scary thing when the light that you have, that you think that you have on the inside of you is not light at all, but it's actually darkness. But you're holding on to it like it's light. E. Ah. So back to Jesus, always Jesus, forever and always Jesus. Who reveals the father's heart? You know, it's like I've been thinking about it like this this last week. If we were all miners. You know, miners doing what miners do. You know, they they they're chipping on. They're down in a cave. They're down there, and they're. I, I'm 
I'm going to bring in some expertise here. They're getting some ore things and hammering stuff. And they got these little things that come along behind them and they wheel stuff around. So being a miner, right? But the cave cat collapses. It, 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 the, the entrance gets blocked up and there's no way out. Now we're down there. It's pitch black and we need a rescue. So a rescue team comes to the surface. People that can actually rescue us out of this darkness, out of this cave. And, and so, but what if, if the rescue team never went down into the mine? For the rescue, there would be no rescue, right? Okay, so we need a rescue. We need light. But if the rescue team doesn't come down, we don't get rescued. Or if somebody from the rescue team goes down in, gets a, finds a way in, but then gets disconnected from the surface. That's not going to be that's going to help us either. No rescue. So what God does for us in Jesus Christ is that he comes from the light, fully God and fully man into the darkness of our flesh and our human condition, the full yuck of all of that so that all of that can be redeemed. And he does not lose connection from the surface, but stays in constant connection to the surface and is able to bring us with him into salvation. So he is the light of the world. That's who Jesus is. And he's also the word. So let's read uh, John chapter one, verse 14. Jesus is the word. I read that in the early verses, but also in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this whole idea is really important, too. If we're going to know the Father's heart, again, we have to look to Jesus. So we've seen that he's the light, but he's also the word. And he's a, he's a word that's, that's not just any word. It's, it's comprehensive. It's full and complete. You know, in the past, the prophets had been coming to Israel and they'd been giving revelations from God to the people. A revelation. But it was a point in time. It was a moment. It was, it was a word, but it wasn't the complete word. Does that make sense? We've got all kinds of things. The Lord says this. The Lord says this. He says, do that. He says, don't do that. All these different things. And they're good words. But then God comes in Jesus. And Jesus is the word. The word that trumps all other words. He is the full, complete, final uh, fullness. Uh, I, I literally thought a Greek, Greek word just then. That's weird. Uh, that's strange. I don't think I've ever do that very often. So, uh, so he's the fullness of of uh, of who God is, and he shows the Father's heart. And again, I want to just say he's so much this. Let me just read uh, Hebrews chapter one verse three before I move on. I, I don't want to forget this. Uh, Hebrews 1 3 says that in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, 
He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I mean, that is powerful. What makes this so powerful? It's not just a word about God. This is the self-revealing of God to the world. This is what God is in flesh so that we can see what this word really is. So what you see in Jesus is always the Father's heart. He, you see, what you see Him doing is what the Father's doing. What you hear Him saying is what the Father is saying. How you see Him acting and healing and touching. You know, and, and so Jesus, Jesus is the Word that corrects some of our misunderstandings of what we think about God. I mean, He, he really is. So we, we come up with an idea about holiness and we say, God's so holy, He can't touch sin. And then God comes in the flesh and touches sinners all over the place. But see, that's part of what we do. We do Jesus and then we come over here and we try to say some things about God that are disconnected to Jesus. It messes us up. So Jesus is the word that shows what the father's heart is really like. That he's coming to us, that he's laying his life down for us, that he's self-sacrificing, self-giving, and that this is the way God is from all eternity. Always has been. Didn't just turn on the love, the love switch when he made us. He'd always been loving from all eternity. It's just awesome good news. So he is that word that fully reveals the Father. So even like some of the, uh, another example like what I was saying just a minute ago, in the Old Testament, we think it's a certain way, and then you get to Jesus, even in his teaching, he goes, well, you've heard it said, but now I'm authoritatively saying to you, this is the way it is. You've heard it said it was this about lust or adultery or murder, but I'm telling you, don't be angry and don't lust. Don't, you know, these different these different things. So uh, he is the alpha and the omega as the word. And it's not the only way of seeing this, but the way I think about that, with Jesus as the word who is the alpha and the omega. That's the first and last Greek letter. That's like the A and the Z and everything that you could say by putting together letters to form words to say something about God. That's who Jesus is. I know there's other ways that other people would preach that, but he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's all that we can say about God in the Father's heart. Man, it's good, good, good news. When Jesus, when we want to see the Father's heart, Jesus emphatically says the Father's heart is known by looking at him. At Jesus. Look to me. To see no one, Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, no one has ever seen the Father but the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. I mean, I could just go through these passages to, you know, I only, I don't do, I do nothing of my own initiative. I only act as I see the Father acting. John 12, I only speak as I hear the Father speaking to me. J John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is like Greek day. For some reason, I want to murder a Greek word right here. Yancey, I'm sorry ahead of time. I am the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. The word is aletheia for truth, and it literally means not covered. And Yancey's always like, you can only make so many points about Greek words like that. 
For those of you who are visiting, he's a Greek scholar. But Jesus really is the not covered God. He shows us what God looks like unveiled. You know, and of course, there's still mystery. We can't soak it all in. But don't think that we can have ideas about God that don't look through the lens or even interpret Scripture that don't look through the lens of Jesus Christ. So that's just absolutely huge. After he says that, Philip says, well, Lord, would you just show us the Father? John 14, verse 8. Would you just show us the Father? And Jesus is like, Philip, I've been with you all this time and you don't, you, don't, you don't get this yet. To see me is to see the Father. So, okay, quick pop test. Where are you going to look when you want to know the Father's heart? There you go. You guys are awesome theologians. Wow. That's just great. Okay, so the Father is to us. The Father is the heart is for us. I'm just going to quickly say something here is that God, I almost called this the sermon, the, the Father is always for us. He is always for us. And we see that in the sending of the Son, in His coming, in His incarnation, takes on humanity, lives this sinless life, walks on the earth, brings healing, shows what God looks like in His actions, words, all of those things, goes to the cross, dies, raised by the power of God on the third day, walks on the earth for 40 days, then is exalted to the right hand of the Father, and He's coming again in glory. Okay, so He is for us. He did all of that to bring us into right relationship with Him. Jesus Christ is the Son of His love, and He is the elected one. It's in Jesus. Jesus is the one that we, our only hope is in Him. He's been chosen by the Father for that blessing and love for all of us. And Jesus, by the power of His Spirit, includes us in His life and allows us to die to the old life and to be raised to this new life. Jesus includes us in all of that. And He is always, God the Father is always, always, always for us. You know, I think one of the things... If we could just leave, we're going to leave in a few minutes here. But if we could leave knowing that the Father's heart is always for us, that assurance, that peace that comes, that fights against the anxious, uh, that we just get so worked up about so many things and, and what's going to happen in the future and what's going to happen in this relationship, what's going to happen with my job and all these different things. We're asking, we're asking and, and we get and we react and we get bent out of shape have to walk through the day like this, you know, because something happened and we're, we're like that. But with his peace, he can bring us into rightness and allow us to take a deep breath. You know, I mean, what would it be like if these however many people this is, if if God's peace came on us because we knew the father's heart of love for us and we walked through our relationships and in our marriages and we walked around at work with people knowing how much God cares about us and how much He loves us. That just would be powerful. Jesus' classic teaching on this is the prodigal son, which could also be the father's heart, which could also be two lost sons and the father's heart. And because we always focus on the, the son that, you know, goes off, you know, in his darkness, he says, give me my inheritance. And he gets it and he goes off and he squanders the wealth and wild living and wakes up in a pigsty. That's what in his darkness, that's what he does wakes. But he wakes up 
and says, man, back at my father's house, there's all kinds of food and even the servants have stuff. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go back and repent and, you know, see, see dad. And, and so he gets up and he goes and the father sees him while he's a long way off and comes running. That's the father's heart. Running, 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 embrace. Bring the robe, bring the ring, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. That's the father's heart. But that's not all. Because the other brother in his darkness, in his darkness, what does he do? He comes back. He hears the party that's going on because the brother's back. The father's filled with joy. And instead of being filled with joy himself because he's got some religion going on in his life, he judges the brother. And he judges the father. Wow. You know, and so, and then the father, in the midst of this darkness, you know, you can just see him going, son, all I've got, everything I've got is yours. So don't live here in the house with this meager little scraping it by. I'm bad. Know my heart for you. My heart is that you would know that all that I have is yours. Isn't that good news? The father's heart, it's to the lost and broken. The father's heart is to the religious and uptight and judging. He's for us. That's the father's heart. So I said I would wrap this up by talking about fathers and children. So that's what I want to do. I uh, a couple weeks ago. I met with a pastor in New York City. I was in New York for a, a seminar and we went to the first Baptist church of New York City, like the first. The first Baptist church of New York City I, It was only a few years ago that I learned that the first means the first like as opposed to all the others, <clears throat> all the others, the second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, and uh, so that means something. And in fact, put the minutes up there, if you would. The, uh, one of the things he pulled out, if you got that picture, one of the things he pulled out while we were there, he goes, hey, y'all check this out. And, and uh, that's literally the original minutes. The church started in 1745, but then in 1762, they uh, they for, they did the formal thing and they've got minutes. That's from 1762 to 1812. And we opened it up. And I mean, it's, that's kind of that's kind of cool. George Washington went there for a while. We don't have that much history here. The, <laughs> the strip center has been here since the mid 60s. <laughs> but one of the things this guy said, uh, Matthew Huskinson, one of the things he's Hoskinson and uh, one of the things he said was that uh, he had a Ph.D. and was an academic kind of doing some teaching stuff. And and uh, but in 2008, he got cancer and it made him totally look at life. And he's you know, they got it all. He's healed. He's moving forward with life, but it made him want to be the, a pastor. And so that's that's what he's doing in response to for him, knowing the brevity of life. And that's that's that just it just hit me today that that's what we need to do with Father's Day is that fathers and children, we need to know the brevity of life. Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom. Wisdom comes when we have a good sense of how long life is and that it doesn't go on forever. And it's like Psalm 39, 4 says it's like a vapor that's here and then gone. You know, that's that's life. Jonathan Edwards, 
wrote these resolutions, 70 resolutions when he was 19, half of them when he's 19, half of them when he's 20. And they, a lot of them have to do with things like, uh, I'm resolved to not do anything that I wouldn't do in the last, if it were the last hour of my life, that I wouldn't talk to people or do stuff that I wouldn't do if I was right at my last my last hours and I, I'm resolved to think a lot about heaven and dying so that I won't uh, live in a way that's not appropriate as if I'm really going there. That's a paraphrase. It, it, he said it smoother than that. But um, but, you know, that's the brevity of life is a good thing for us to be thinking about. It's a great thing to be thinking about on Father's Day. Fathers need to be told stuff. It's everybody just absolutely be free to say things to your dad that you don't want to wait until it's over to do. And fathers, there's a word here for every father here, too, and that is to say the things to your kids that you're going to wish that you wouldn't have left unsaid. Just go ahead and say it. Say you're the best daughter in the world. She's never heard that before. She hears it all the time. We say that, you know. But but say it, say it, don't leave it unsaid. She gave me some things in a card. She didn't leave unsaid. That's good. Thankful, you know, and so. I've got a friend named Floyd McClung, whose last two years hasn't been able to speak, um, had a stroke and some stuff. And but one of the things I'll, I'll always carry with me from Floyd is Floyd saying, I'm Floyd, I love Jesus. And every day I have to wake up and hear my father tell me that he loves me. You know, that's a, that's a Floyd deposit in my life. But I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to to say things that he, you know, it's just it's limited now. There's a time and a place for saying things. Kim, uh, a lot of you guys know the, the journey with her dad, which has been such a crazy journey down through the years. Estrangement, he left the family and us praying for him, him coming to the Lord, getting baptized. Uh, then his health started going down and she was asked then to take over his finances and all that kind of stuff. And that's been the last seven, eight years, something like that. And she does these trips to go see him when he was in commerce. Now he's at a nursing home in Nakona up by the Oklahoma border. And, you know, just last Saturday, she was she goes every week or two. And last Saturday she was there and Texted me and said, Dad's asleep. Well, may need to wake him up eventually. You know, we just kind of text him like we do. And uh, she finally woke him up and they had a good chat, talked a little bit. He was kind of sleepy. And she'd been there a couple of hours. And so she said, Dad, I, I'm going to take off. And he grabbed her hand and squeezed it and said, No, don't leave yet. Don't leave just yet. Sit here and hold my hand. And I was just like, wow, Kim. I mean, if you guys knew how far that journey had been for him to say, just sit here and hold my hand and squeezed her hand and just sitting there with her dad, like maybe yours is a different kind of story. And maybe moving forward today and in this next week is going to be a different kind of thing that needs to happen. But don't teach us to number our days. It's life is fleeting. Life is short. Let's say the things to our parents we need to say. Let's say the things to our kids. If it's saying it, expressing it, showing it, not withholding it. 
uh, writing it, what needs to be written, saying what needs to be said, expressing and loving what needs to be expressed and loved, forgiving. You know, and it's as we receive that heart of the Father, we can do that. We can, we can do that. And not only with those key relationships, but with other people around us. So, may this just be the most awesome Father's Day ever. Y'all stand up. And let's respond to the Lord on this. Hey, you know, we, at the end, if you're visiting with us, we always take a little time to pray and just minister to one another at the end of our services. And worship team, ministry team, come on up. And, you know, this... This is one of those uh, this is one of those messages where I suppose we could all respond at some level. But I want to just I want to encourage us to say, Father, would you so fill me with your heart of love that I can go and bless other people in the name of Jesus? Would you so fill me? And, you know, sometimes it helps us to know more than just in our heads, but to have the experience of the father's love. Uh, love is actually experienced. It's not just academic. It's not just in my head. I experience love. And the Father wants you to experience and to not just know. He wants you to know it, but He wants you to experience it. And so maybe it's you know getting some prayer from someone, just a hand, gentle hand on the shoulder in an appropriate way, just where His love is imparted to us. So, hey, whatever your need is, if you have any other kind of need too, prayer for healing or finances or something's going on in your world, don't leave without getting help, getting prayer. You know, God is so good to express what He wants to express to us. And a lot of times He does it through the body. So Father, meet us today. We love You. Just make these next five minutes here just important minutes for just whoever needs to get prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hey, whatever your need is, come. Meet with the Lord. Get prayer. Pray with somebody around you. Go for it. Be bold. We could all respond to this one.